स्पाइस रेडियो और रेडियो रंजन सुन रहे हैं आप गपशप का प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ियों में बाद दोपहर के दो कप के बज चुके अब से लेके तीन बजे तक आपका और हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गपशप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नज़रों में अटकने वाली हैं खटकने वाली हैं और दिल में समाने वाली हैं उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर हैं ये बताते हुए कि बाहर का मौसम अभी भी खुशनुमा है लेकिन कुछ बरसात के इम्कान ज़रूर हैं हैविंग सेट दैट द होल वीकेंड इज़ गोइंग टू बी वेरी प्लेजेंट और कहते हैं कि अप टू थैंक्स गिविंग वीकेंड तक टेम्परेचर कुछ ऐसा ही रहेगा मेरे जैसे कुछ लोग और मेरे साथ आज हैरी भी हैं जो बरसात को भी पसंद करते हैं What do you say, Harry? Too? Do you love rain or do you like the sunshine? Anything but rain, Sushmaji. <laughs> so I should have asked you this before I started the interview. Yeah, sorry, so, so, sorry, sorry to say that, but you know I can't can't uh, pretend on that part. That's something that's uh, you know very personal to me. Yeah, I am crazy about the yeah. rain. So so okay, you and I are on two. Uh, different poles as far as this opinion is concerned having said that harry how are you doing otherwise very good shishmaji thank you very much for having me and uh, uh good afternoon to all the listeners and uh, good to be in a gupshap again with you so you know um the last time when we talked only one um increment had been done and we were thinking of the second increment coming in which did come in the first one was 1% and the second one was 3 quarters percent so um there is also a rumor that in the month of october which is this month that they will be increasing the interest rates again how are your feelings about this uh yes the next meeting is october 26 and uh, probably there is a good chance that it uh, um, the increase will be there uh, first expectation was that they might skip it or it will be a very small one like 4% 425 uh but uh, you know september numbers are not out yet the, as soon as i think they will have the september data before that announcement um the gas prices have gone up uh, again so that would impact uh, the the september data as well so if the inflation is the same or um gone up obviously the rate increase will be big right mm. if it is it stable or a little bit lower uh for september numbers then we might have a smaller increase but it is coming for sure and there might be one more in december first week there are two more meetings left for left for this year so let's just look at all the people who bought their houses the very first houses um say last year or year before that the ones who had it uh with a fixed rate and the ones who had with variable rate uh what sort of issues can they foresee in the next little while so the people who had a fixed rate and uh, and if their terms are coming up for renewal this year or next year obviously they're going to face the higher rates and higher payments going forward that's for people who are in a fixed rate people people uh, people who are in a variable rate uh, some some banks actually increase the payment uh, along with the um, along with the rate goes up those have already seen a pain of the increasing rate some banks uh, do not increase the payments uh, but they keep on adjusting the principal and interest portion 
but majority of those mortgages have, uh, are, have come to closer to called trigger rate. Oh. Trigger rate is a rate where their payment does not even cover the interest. Right. So they're going into a negative principle, right? right. Uh, it's not going to be very long before the banks start asking them to increase the payments or make a lump sum payments to bring the amortization in line. Right. That that's going to happen to probably mostly with the October uh, rate increase, so, and um, I'm not sure it's a good news or not. But you know there is an indication coming from some uh, sources that rates might either stabilize for sure by middle of next year or later of uh, later part third quarter of next year, or it might have a slight decline too by end of next year. So. Um- you know, so we, being being in this particular business, um, Harry, it is up and down all the time, isn't it? No, it is. It is definitely. But we haven't seen something like this in the last 40 years. So this event hasn't, we haven't had, uh, like, you know, inflation like this, uh, like in the last 40 years. We've been never seen rate increases like this in the last 40 years, since the 80s. So... Uh, actually, the in, inflation and recession have been pushed away for a very long time. Mm. Or it was managed by the monetary policies or by credit expansion, which we call a money printing, right? Mm. Mm. But now it has coming to the time, and obviously the pandemic has given it uh, another uh, trigger point to mm. happen. So it, it has basically to the point where we're going to see some, uh, you know, more rate increases, a little bit of a difficult time. Mm. And we might see, um, you know, recession as well, right? Mm. Where the job markets will be tighter and the economy will be performing slow. So those things we can see probably in the next coming year as well. So Harry, your advice to people who are, um, you know, in this market, and are worried sick, what would you suggest to them? First of all, you know, everybody should tighten their belt a little bit. It's, uh, I would say a little bit of a low rate honeymoon is over. So uh, <laughs> we should, uh, everybody should uh, assess the financial situation. A lot of people got, uh, you know, equities out or line of, secured line of credits from the bank, yes. right? Uh, which we have all spent money on, uh, on a disposable income or, or especially people haven't traveled in the last few years, and now all that has opened up. So obviously, definitely, everybody has to take give a second look at that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just be careful about their mortgage payments, because if they're not going up, they may go up in the near future, so have to plan for that. Mm-hmm. And people who have money and um, have good income, it's a good time to buy as well because mm-hmm. the property prices are significantly down too, even though it's a little bit harder to qualify now. But mm-hmm. still, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, more turning into a buyer's market than a seller's market right now. So yeah. if mm-hmm. for clients who have existing mortgage, if they have any questions, they need their mortgage assessed, um, whether they need extra money, or um, whether they need to uh, change um, their mortgage line of credit to a mortgage, give us a call. We can assess that. If somebody is looking to purchase in this market when the prices are about 25% down and it's a good time to start looking right now, 
um, those are the people just give us a call and we can always assess and uh, guide you uh, what will they qualify and uh, what is the best uh, course of uh, future, best, best course of action for mm-hmm. coming future. And those who are, have uh, variable rates, should they be converting those into uh, fixed rates? We do get a lot of calls for that, mm. and that is a very tricky question, and there's no one right answer. Right. The reason is, if, say, right now, the variable rate and fixed rate, they're not too far apart. They're no. half a percent to one percent uh, away. Right. right. The thing is, if say, somebody locks into a fixed rate today for four years or five years at a 5%, and the next year, rate starts coming down again because we are seeing the recession. Mm. Then that person will be uh, going to think he made a wrong decision or I advised the wrong, wrong, right. Thing, wrong way, right? Right. Now, what if the rates keep, the economy doesn't respond that way and responds differently and it's going keep going up to 7-8%. Right. Yeah. And then the person who locks today will be the smartest person. So so there's no right answer. It is based on your personal um, uh, risk-taking capacity. Some people like saying, okay, you know what? At a 5%, I can afford the payment and I want my peace of mind. They should. They can lock it. No problem. So, uh, But if uh, the person who say, Sorry, I, I just wanted to say and... and uh, you know, confirm your statement that it depends individually on each people and their circumstances, whether they should lock in or they should not. Yes, all I'm saying, it, it, they should assess their personal financial situation, whether they can take another or one or two more rate increases or they want they can stabilize their payment at the current rate and they'll be happy that way. They should make a decision based on that, not based on what one person is doing or what well, that's a very sound advice. And for that, I thank you so much for taking time and talking to us. Thank you very much for for having me. And thank you to all the listeners. And uh, always uh, fun having Gapshap with you. And if they wanted to talk to you, easy number, 604. 619-2000. 604-619-2000. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shishmaji. We'll take a short commercial break and we'll be right back with an interview with Sonia uh, for Shakti Society. And then Riya Arora will be able to talk to you. And then we will be able to Diwali Fest. Stay tuned with us. As promised, we have Sonia with us. Sonia, most welcome in our program. How are you doing, Miss Andi? I am very well, Sushmaji. Uh, how about you? I'm doing really well. Now that I'm talking to you, it's even better. <laughs> Lovely. So um, this weekend is going to be a very busy weekend. Yes, absolutely, Sushmaji. We have our film festival live and on land this time instead of being online for the last two years. Yes. So we're very excited uh, and just looking forward to seeing people face-to-face in the flesh. So let me take you back, first of all, Sunia. Uh, for those who are listening to us right now, uh, let's just talk a little bit about uh, the Shakti Society. Shakti Society uh, has done many different things, and this is another fantastic thing that they are doing, which is you know, showing movies of different genre, right? Yes, absolutely, Sushmaji. And uh, 
as you know, Shakti Society is um, about empowerment of women, but, you know, children and families as well. But a lot of our focus has been on women. And so the Shakti Film Festival is a women-centric festival in the sense that we call it that it's a festival by and showing films that are by and about women. So we are encouraging women filmmakers to submit their projects, their films, and uh, the themes will be mostly women-centric so that we're showing films that show women as real characters, like real characters and strong characters, as opposed to, you know, the, the show pieces that, you know, on the stereotypical women are presented in most cinema. Sunya, um, Shakti Society has always done things that are lakir se thoda hatke. You know, so uh, doing, f th there are other organizations that are also showing films. Visaf does that. Uh, Vancouver yes. International Film Festival does it. Um, how did you come up with this idea and why and when? So, Sushmaji, as you know, I, uh, I love films. I love uh, watching cinema. Most of it in the past it used to be Hindi films now. Um, and of course, you know, uh, Hollywood as well. Um, and one thing that I noticed was how women are portrayed. Uh, and most of the time, it is sort of like, you know, the side person who just adds to the hero's presence. Mm. And, or then it's, so, you know, so you have to be young and beautiful and glamorous. Or then it's the other extreme where you're that abla nari, you know, the helpless old mother who's always crying for her children. And we rarely see strong characters. And now we're starting to see some of those. And there have been you know, some amazing filmmakers who have shown those kinds of films, but not enough, Sushmaji. Like even this year, as I was looking at uh, maybe even approaching some filmmakers, some directors to submit their films, 99% of the people on that list were men. Mm. So one is that women, uh, they're, they're not that many women filmmakers because they don't get that opportunity. And when I'm even talking to local filmmakers and, you know, some that are very close to you and me, they talk about how they can't get funding for their mm -hmm. projects. Right. I mean, women are great storytellers, but people don't want to invest because they think, you know, because people, the general public wants violence and, you know, and masala and, uh, you know, and glamour. And so we're missing out on some really meaningful stories and some really great uh, artists out there. So my attempt really with this is that we create a platform for women filmmakers that don't necessarily get the opportunity, and especially racialized women. Because then, you know, when you look at the barriers, uh, women of color or women that face other barriers, whether it's financial means, whether it is uh, their background, it just adds up. So we really want to minimize those barriers and just make this a platform for all women, but especially uh, racialized women so that they can showcase their cinema. Uh, and uh, and also we're showing some good stories, some good films that have a social content, but they're also entertaining. So coming up with films, was it difficult for you to find? I mean, you, you yourself just now said that majority of the time that you find films are made by men, very few by women. And so it uh, it must have been difficult to find films that are made by women, by women, for women, and about women. Absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, we had to expand the criteria so that 
we said, you know, so as long as a filmmaker, because initially it was, you know, has, should be directed by a woman. And then we're like, you know, as long as a director or producer or a screenwriter, like somebody um, who plays a major role in the filmmaking team is a woman. Mm. Or then if the, if the storyline is woman-centric, then we will be playing those films. And yes, you're right. I mean, it is hard. Or then sometimes, you know, the films get... Um, sort of play along the same theme, which may be around uh, oppression of women or violence against women, which is an important topic, but I also didn't want to make have all the films that are along the same theme. So it was a bit challenging, but uh, we have an amazing lineup of uh, films for the two nights of Shmaji, and I'm just really, really happy to be able to showcase them. Okay, let's talk about the films that you have selected. Um, I know that... Uh, some men have also made some really amazing women uh, movies about women and women centric. Yeah. One one film Absolutely. comes to my mind and I can't find it anywhere. And it's called uh, like um, like Water for Chocolate. Have you ever heard of that film? No, I haven't. It's a Mexican film and it is amazing ah. film. It's all about um, all about food and eating and emotions. That brings me, oh. yeah. So you've got to look for it. That brings absolutely. That brings me to the question: When you get films that are not in English, or are you just looking for films that are in English, or are you looking for films that are in other languages as well? Absolutely, uh, films in all languages, as long as they have subtitles. Okay. Um, because you know, otherwise, uh, so we've kept English as a common language. Okay. Uh, so you know, as long as there are subtitles, and uh, so it might be all our films. I say, with the exception of two films, uh, one is from the UK and one is from the United States. They are in English. Uh, the other ones are in different languages. So if you want, I can give you a little preview please. of the films that we're going to be showing please please do so uh yeah so so our festival is on two nights october 7th and 8th and so the doors will open at six o'clock six to seven is cocktail reception non-alcoholic drinks and some appetizers and seven o'clock will start to screen the films so we have two short films on each night uh, and they're different films so on october 7th we have a film called mouse which is about uh, a young girl who is uh, seeking attention from her dad who has uh, really not paid much attention to her. And she's also missing the passing of someone who was very close to her. And, you know, it's really, it's a short, about a 10-minute film uh, made by a director from England. Um, and so that's the first film. And then the second one is Pass, which has come from Iran. And uh, the director, and you know, Sushmaji, I have to say this as well, where, you know, our admission is by donation. A lot of our submissions, we got a lot of submissions from Iran. And this is before, you know, everything that's going on there had happened. We had been receiving submissions. And all the people who submitted films asked for the fee to be waived because they said, you know, things are really hard for us. And so we're not going to be able to pay the submission fee. And really, we're keeping our festival as low barrier as possible. So, of course, you know, we waive the fee. And so this one is uh, its a fascinating drama about, you know, it's got a nice twist at the end. Again, a short film about how you can't really trust people and, uh, and just how things, you know, you think they've went a certain way, but then there's a twist at the end. And so um, it's submitted by... Um, 
someone who said that it's her first experience as director, writer, and producer. And uh, she also said this in her submission that she finalized her first film despite the very restricted atmosphere of filmmaking for women in her country, Iran. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So those are the two short films. And then our feature film is a Telugu film. Mm. And uh, it is uh, has subtitles and it's called Viral Prapancham or mm. Viral Hashtag Viral World. Mm. And so it's uh, it's about um, it's about the Internet, Sushmaji, about how, uh, you know, nothing is um, temporary on the Internet. Even if you've deleted it, it stays there. And also how relationships are impacted. So it's about a couple of long distance relationships uh, and and also sometimes where we let our guard down and we think, you know, this is a trustworthy person. So, of course, I can share more than we would in usual circumstances, but how that can lead to um, a lot of damage, a lot of hurt. Uh, so, uh, so it's really about relationships, virtual world, the dangers of, you know, how we sometimes can reveal too much on the virtual world. Uh, so this is a film and this is a male director, Brigesh uh, Tangi, mm. who uh, we're hoping can be in town. So he is in Toronto and he's a planning. So it'd be great to have him. And he said that his mom, um, you know, actually mortgaged their house in order to produce the film. Wow. So, you know, so it's, yeah. So it's just, you know, these stories which are like, they're just really very touching. So where can people get information and buy tickets from? Or you said it's by donation. Absolutely. So, Sushmaji, we're asking that people uh, send us an email or they can message me if they want to hold tickets, if they want to e-transfer some money. Uh, they can do that as well or they can pay at the door. But we definitely need people to register uh, because space is limited. The capacity of the theater at Surrey City Hall is 200 people. So we don't want to turn anyone away, but we definitely would recommend that people register. Lovely. So any telephone number or any uh, website that we can give out? Yes. So my phone number is 604-307-8796. Or they can uh, go on our website, which is shaktisociety.com. Perfect. Beautiful. And then I shall quickly just tell you about the films on the second day, October 8th. Oh. Uh, so one is, yeah, so it's a two-day festival. So the first, the two short films, the first one is Direct, about a single mom and her baby. And this movie has come from the USA, from uh, uh, the director's Ria Dudlani, who mm. says that she's a filmmaker with a passion for feminism and politics. And she specializes in creating some female-centric narratives to break the glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the second one is from Iran uh, by the director Shayan Shaherverzi. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's about this feisty young woman. Like, you've got to watch this film. It just brought a smile to my face where, you know, things that she encounters and then how she deals with those challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and the feature film is Radhi Kurnal versus George W. Bush. Mm. And uh, so this is about uh, her battle for the release of her son who's been sent to Guantanamo and uh, how she, along with a lot of other parents, take on the government of the United States to say that what is happening is against the law. So it's, 
it's touching, but there's also some good humor. So it's a good, fun film to close the festival with. I think that's fantastic. And I apologize. I thought you'd already given me the the list <laughs> of the two days, but you had that's, it. That's okay. No worries. So um, people can um, go to shaktisociety.ca or .com. .com. Dot com, dot com and they can get yeah. all that information from there as always sunya thank you so much for uh, letting us know about this amazing film festival that you're holding thank you very much Sushmaji. thank you very much for your support and as promised we have with us ria arora who is with bc citizens association in burnaby and is running as a councillor, city councillor. Good afternoon to you. How are you doing, Ria? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on here. So um, tell us something about yourself. Were you born here in Burnaby? Are you a Burnaby resident? Yeah, I was uh, I was born in Vancouver, but I've yes. lived in Burnaby for the last 20 years. Wow. In the wow. North Burnaby area. Okay. And, uh, and uh, where did you go to school? I went to school at Burnaby Central. Mm. Yeah. And uh, growing up in Burnaby, um, it is, I understand, because I've lived in Burnaby for over 46 years, one of mm-hmm. the most beautifully kept cities uh, in, in Lower Mainland. Uh, what would mm-hmm. be your uh, assumption on that? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree, and, and not just because of my own opinion, but I've been talking to... Uh, Burnabarians at the door and you know generally speaking people are very happy with the way that the city has has been managed and I think it's a testament to the Burnaby Citizens Association councillors who are of course incumbents and running for re-election they've also helped to support much of that work and decided uh, to be uh, part of a team that's had such an amazing strategy for the city that we all love so much. So as a school, um, as a as a councillor, city councillor, uh, there are many positions. There's a mayor and then there's city council, then school board and parks board. Uh, so total, how many candidates usually run for these positions? So there's 15 actually. So this time in this election, there's uh, there would have been 16, but mm. the mayor is acclaimed because oh, there's lovely. no other candidate for mayor running against him yes and that's mike curley yes. uh, and then there's uh eight spots for city council uh-huh. and that's how it, the city works itself it has eight spots for council the mayor and then there's seven school trustees run mm-hmm. and so in total it's 15 technically okay. it would be 16 right so mm-hmm. when did you decide to run for city council the very first time well, that was last year, I would say, actually. And it was because I had moved back from Alberta. I was serving in the premier's office in Alberta. And, um, you know, we lost the election in Kenny. And so at that point, you know, people had to make some shifts. And so I thought, I'm going to have to make my way back home. Mm-hmm. And I called my mom and I remember saying, Mom, you know, can you please find me a, a place to rent? Yes. And I, I've looked up some places. Can you go and see them? So she said, sure, of course, you know, and I miss, I misread <laughs> the rent price. I thought it was 2100 Uh-huh. So my mom goes and she checks out the place. She calls me. It's really nice. Yeah. It's, it's not 2100 It's 3100 Holy mackerel. My jaw dropped. Yes. 
because I thought, wow, $3,100, and that's to rent a place, a two-bed, two-bath? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas in Alberta, I had moved in Queens, and the rent that I was paying was 1145 for a three-bedroom, one-bath, 1,200-square-foot wow. apartment. Wow, wow. What a the number one issue here is housing, mm. right? And so for me, as someone experiencing the very challenges that so many other Bernabarians are, and especially in the South Asian community, where, yes, it's normal to have multi-generational homes, but Burnaby was a working-class city. People were able to purchase affordable housing back in the, I would say, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And so many kids had a dream to move out and have their own space like their parents. That is just not a reality anymore. Mm. It's just not. Because even if you make $100,000 a year, it is not enough to enter the market, even if you want to start with an apartment. Wow. Your options are one to two apartments, maybe, if you're lucky. That's it. Because nothing else is going to be under $600,000. Everything else is above. So if you can't get a mortgage for that amount, you're out of luck. And if you want to rent, you know, which is absolutely reasonable, some people don't want to own and have no interest and cannot, depending on where they are, where they're at in life. That being said, that's the same issue. Mm -hmm. Because if the rent is more than your paycheck, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? So that prompted you to look at it and say, okay, I want to enter this market and make a difference. I, I want to, you know, I've, I've spent the last 10 years working with many politicians, progressive parties especially, and electing diverse representation across Canada. Mm-hmm. I know that it makes a difference. Mm. And I think when I thought about Burnaby, my city, the, it's home sweet home, no matter where I am in the country. Right. You know, I've lived in India. I've lived in Germany. The place that feels the, the most like home to me is Burnaby. Yeah. And, it, you know, where else can I support my community the most than where I'm from. So um, as a city councillor, what are mm-hmm. your responsibilities? Actually, the way that the set up is that when you run, you're not running for a specific area of Burnaby. Mm-hmm. You're running for all of Burnaby. Once you're elected, you're given a certain region. Mm-hmm. And so of the city, which helps in a sense, because it allows you to know who are your constituents, Mm -hmm. what is that area like, and then you're able to support the constituents. So that could be things from housing, non-market housing for folks of a, 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 you know, uh, different incomes that Mm -hmm. that needs some subsidized housing. It could be, um, you know, things like programming after-school programming, for example, community centers, programs for seniors, lunch programs, all kinds of things. Essentially, it's, you know, maintenance of roads, infrastructure, um, you know, support with things like transit. So, you know, we do have public transit. We have more to do there. At the same time, there's car sharing like Evo. Mm. That would be really helpful in the city. We have the ability to bring Evo into the city by working with, with Evo. For, for example, it's offered everywhere else. This would allow people to have a car, to own it, and have to deal with everything that comes with it, especially with inflation, expensive prices. So there's things that the city can do that really make a difference in people's lives, and it's the day-to-day stuff. You mentioned affordable housing. At mm-hmm. the moment, uh, around the uh, SkyTrain corridor, 
There are a mm-hmm. lot of high rises that are coming up. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that suffice the need for a rental place or are these all for sale and all that? That's just it. So mm. they are non-affordable units, I like to call them, mm-hmm. you know, and if they are affordable, it might be because there are parents or someone else to support, um, you know, or, or whoever it may be, there, there are some external support to help them access that. Right. That is just not the reality of most Bernabarians because mm. it is still a working class city today. Yes. And so we need purpose built permanent rental housing, which means that people are able to go somewhere and not have the owner call them and say, we need you to move out. Mm. We're going to take the, the unit back. Mm. That's, a, uh, you know, some kind of a protection for renters, mm-hmm. not to mention that affordable units look more like functionality and mm-hmm. less like luxury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those that's are... what people need. Right, right. Uh, mm. What about homelessness? I mean, we I've been talking to many, um, you know, candidates for Vancouver, for Surrey, and homelessness is an issue there. I, mm-hmm. I am not going to say that we don't have that issue here in Burnaby, but mm-hmm. before it becomes a, a pandemic here, um, are you guys looking at that as well? I mean, absolutely. I think and one of the main reasons I'm running with the Burnaby Citizens Association is they believe that all people should be, live with dignity, regardless of who they are, where they come from, their socioeconomic background, or who they love. This is very important when you think about the most vulnerable in our society. Mm. When you think about people experiencing homelessness, these are people that are going to need subsidized housing and support. And so part of the plan has to be as we provide a, a supply, we need to ensure that there's supply, extra supply there for the folks, you know, not only that are already experiencing homelessness, but Shushma, the reality is there are people that are one paycheck away, one layoff away, mm. you know, one, one big emergency away from potentially losing their housing. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have to consider all of these pieces together. As, the, as we supply more housing, we have to ensure that there's enough subsidized housing. And so it does take time, right? It's not built overnight. Mm-hmm. And this is partially why I think myself and the other three candidates that are new that are running with me mm-hmm. with the BCA team are really excited to dig into this especially because we're bringing fresh ideas, new perspectives to all of the wisdom and the knowledge. So so election day is October 15th. Uh, You are urging everyone to um, go and vote because many people are thinking, you know, Mike Hurley has already been, you know, elected. He's incumbent and he's already, uh, what is the right word to use for him? He's already uh, chosen. He's acclaimed. He's acclaimed. He's he's already acclaimed. So um, everything is a okay. So if we don't go and vote, it's going to be all right. That's not true, right? It is absolutely not true. The thing is that in order for the mayor to do his job, he needs a strong council that has you know uh, the best interest of Burnabarians. And I can say with confidence that each member of the Burnaby Citizens Association are primed have the skill set, have different, you know, lived and shared experiences that are going to make us a, a very, very strong council with, with Hurley. And we need people to get out and vote. 
This is not something to be taken lightly. We have an opportunity to move Burnaby forward with the Burnaby Citizens Association, with many councillors that are already trusted by many people in the city with the fresh ideas and the new perspectives, you know, of us folks, myself, Maita, Santiago, Daniel Tetro, and Antara Depp. I thank you so much and wish you all the best of luck in the upcoming elections. Thank you so much, Shushman. Just one last thing I wanted to say is advanced voting is on Wednesday yes. and Saturday, the 5th and the 8th. Okay. And if people want to support the BCA, we, we, we ask you, please get out and vote on the 5th and the 8th. There are six polling locations around the city in the North Burnaby area. There's, you know, Confed Senior Center. There's Edmonds Community Center. You know, you can go and vote at any of these six polling stations and that way, on election day, we're going to go and knock the doors of the people who haven't voted. Right. Lovely. It'll, it'll make it, it'll, it'll help us. So please, please, we implore people to do that. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you so much. So as promised, we have with us Kriti Divan, who is associated with Diwali Fest. And after, who, Kriti, how many years are we going to be doing this uh, in person? So after two years of having virtual events, we are so excited to be back in person um, for Diwali this year. So um, how long have you been associated with Diwali Fest? Um, I've been um, with the organization for um, about 12 years. Wow. And, uh, really <laughs> excited to have seen it <laughs> grow so much. Yes. And this time I understand you're going to be, um, you know, extending it from the 16th of October till the 23rd of October. Can we go through all that and tell us where about will you be and what's happening? Okay, absolutely. So we kick off our celebrations on October 16th at the Surrey City Hall. And um, we have a lot of... Um, South Asian artists performing that day, both music and dance performances, and everything from um, classical to Bollywood fusion, um, contemporary dance. Uh, also have a lovely um, Rangoli activity for the community to participate in. And uh, for children, we have a kids art zone where they can paint their own diaz and take it home. We also have um, Diwali coloring pages that's just by a famous Vancouver artist, Sandeep Johal, this year. Uh, so we're really excited for this event. Um, and that's going to be followed by a virtual event for um, kids in conjunction with the Vancouver Public Library on October 20th, mm. where um, we have a live author reading of um, Archie Celebrates the Wally. It's a wonderful kids' book. Mm. And we would love for, um, you know, families to tune in for that. And um, all this information is available on our website, uh, thewallyfest.ca. Uh, then we have an in-person library event at the Vancouver Public Library, their downtown branch, on October 21st evening. And here we have a lot of performances uh, and arts and crafts for kids to come out to. And then we um, wrap up the festival with our largest 
um, event, which is Diwali Downtown Vancouver. This happens at the Roundhouse Community Center in Yaletown. And here, um, again, we have a lot of music and dance performances. It's really high energy. We have a massive art zone with really large rainbowies, um, the painting art. We will also have a mural specially designed um, for Diwali by another famous um, Vancouver artist, Jag Nagra. Wow. Um, a lot of you might be familiar with yes. the work of both of our artists, visual artists um, around Vancouver. So, yeah, we have a lot lined up. All of our artists are so excited to perform in person for audience. And um, we have also um, rendered um, and craft bazaar areas um, in both of our events. So lots to do, fun for the entire family. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it's very exciting to hear you talk about all the events that you're going to be holding in different places. Many people uh, know the word Diwali and are synonymous with, uh, you know, Diyas and, and so on and so forth. But the real meaning of Diwali, some people sort of do not realize it because many other religions that have come out of Hinduism do use the same wording, like, you know, the victory of uh, uh, good over evil and and things like that. So when you do these events at places which are non-South Asian, it does spread the word about Diwali in a, in a huge way. Definitely. You know, our audience is very multicultural and it's so exciting to see, you know, um, not only South Asian families who, you know, want to maybe like educate and increase awareness for kids, uh, younger kids, but uh, we have people, you know, who are recent migrants from India who are just looking for that connection back to um, home uh, celebrations. We also have um, a lot of other, um, you know, cultural groups that come out because they're just interested in learning more um, about this and how we kind of, um, you know, um, help spread that word is to both kind of educational programming with our library storytelling events and then actually participating in um, things like the Dia painting and Rangoli, which are very traditional um, elements of the festival. And of course, you know, er everyone loves, um, you know, the music and the dance. It's a huge part of the South Asian culture, so that um, definitely, you know, helps also um, engage the audience and make them feel excited. That's true. And, so and, really, and, and the food, food is quite a huge part of it all, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Diwali, um, you know, obviously has a lot of <laughs> yummy mitais and um, Diwali dinners and so forth going on. So we have um, South Asian food trucks um, at our events, and we also have um, lovely chai, um, different types of chai available. Wow. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a great way to come celebrate. And, you know, we, we are very, um, you know, pleased that, uh, again, um, both our sponsors, Nanak Foods, and uh, Divine India have come together and uh, 
at our uh, Surrey uh, location where you are at the City Hall. Um, Nanak has provided mitai uh, in, in small boxes and, uh, and uh, Divine India decided to give uh, one of those uh, beads that you can wear in your arm as well. People or your, or your wrists, people are just crazy about those beads. I know we were... Yeah, people our, really we, like those bracelets. <laughs> that's right. We were in Vancouver uh, about a month ago, and we had some from last year, and they went like in two minutes. All of them were just <laughs> gone. Uh, everybody wanted I'm not those. surprised. Everyone really likes those. Um, and the Mitai, too. It's wonderful. Nanak is such a great um, company, and all of their food is so delicious. And, yeah, people really look forward to, you know, tasting the mitai at the event. So, um, once again, all the information is available on your website, right? And and that is? That's correct. It's uh, diwali.ca. Um, we also um, have um, our social media accounts. So, on Facebook and Instagram, um, if you follow us, get plenty of information about upcoming events, uh, what to expect, and um, other ways to participate. We also run some gift um, giveaways and prize contests on social media, so be sure to follow us. Lovely. Look forward to seeing you on the 16th. Yes, looking forward to it, Shishmaji, um, and a very happy uh, Diwali season to all of Spice's viewers. And today, as we are presenting this interview, many people are celebrating the Shara. So a happy the Shara to you too. Lovely. And thank you so much to Spice for all the support um, over the last, ever since we started, really. Yeah, we've been, uh, we love uh, Diwali Fest and the, the way you guys um, present all your events without you know favoritism to any community i think it's uh, a very inclusive event and i like that the most about diwali fest thank you so much and really appreciate it. of course